Good morning, and thank you for tuning in and listening to this week's message of hope on KBUR News Radio, 99.3 FM and 14.90 AM from First Christian Church of Burlington, Iowa. Well, loving God, we come here to worship because we know that you offer us mercy and grace, peace and love and forgiveness. Here in this place, we realize not only who we are as children of God, but who is we are in your love. Fill us with your spirit, O God. Bless us with all that we have and all that we are, for it is our desire to be your disciples of Christ, followers of your way. Renew us and love us by your grace here today, O God. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. We invite you to find your seat, and as you're doing so, we invite the young kids of our church to come on down forward and meet Linda Jones at our front steps today. Good morning. How is everybody doing this morning? Awesome. That was a little better than what I got in the first service, so good job. Can everybody see me? I, I need to be able to hand things out to you this morning, so could I maybe have you come gather around over here? Oh, thank you. Awesome. I love to see your faces, too, so this look at those light-up shoes, Lincoln. Those are awesome. Last week, Pastor Dave handed out these boxes. Was everybody here last week to get a box? Is there anybody that didn't get a box? Okay. I have boxes for you. Okay. Does anybody that was here last week remember what we are to do with these boxes? Put money in them. Yep. And what is that money going to go for? What are we going to do with that money? What's going to happen with that money? You remember what that money is going to be used for? Week of Compassion is the name of the offering. Does anybody remember what we're going to use that money for? That money is going to go to help people who have maybe um, been living through a disaster. Maybe there was a hurricane or a fire. Or maybe it's going to help areas where they have um, some flooding. Or maybe people that just don't have food or shelter. It's going to go to help all kinds of people. So with this box, then, if you weren't here last week, then we are asking that you take these home and maybe drop some money in those when you have a chance and um, then bring them back next week and we're going to come put all the money together and send that into Week of Compassion to help other people. So one of the things that I sometimes like to do when I do a, a, a box like this to collect money is I think about the things that I am blessed with or the things that I am really fortunate to have And then I might drop some money in that box when I think about all those things. And so I am going to help you guys out this morning with some of the money in your box. And we're going to think about our blessings. And so each time we think of a blessing, I have some quarters to give out. And if you don't have your box with you today, that's okay. Stick it in your pocket or give it to mom and dad when you get back to your seat. And then you can take it home and put it in your box. All right. So so if you were blessed... This morning, by having food, do you think do you think that's something that's a blessing that we can say thank you for and put it in our box? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to help me and pass out some quarters? Okay, so I'm going to give quarter to put in your box for that blessing of food this morning. So, what did you have for breakfast this morning? A donut, cereal. What did what did everybody else have? What'd you have? You had donuts. A full box of donuts. Oh my gosh, you were really blessed this morning then, weren't you? 
Did you know that there, you weren't blessed. Did you know that there are some people in this world who have nothing to eat or maybe just a little bit of rice or some beans, or there are people in Haiti that eat mud. Did you know that? They eat mud. They are so poor that the only thing that they have to eat is to take mud and some salt and some oil and mix it together, and that's what they eat. So as we collect money for those people, we're going to help them have <laughs> other things to eat. What about were you blessed this morning by, um, did you wake up in a nice warm bed where you the wind was not blowing through your bedroom and... And it was nice and warm and you had shelter and you didn't have to worry about the rain coming through your roof. Yeah, that's a real blessing too, isn't it? So let's put a quarter in our box for the blessing of of having shelter. What about, did you drink any water this morning? Or maybe in the last couple days? Was it clean water? Clean water? Yeah. Yeah, we can go to the faucet and just turn on the faucet and put a glass under there and get nice, clean, cold, sparkling water to drink, can't we? Or we can go to the refrigerator and get a bottle of water and and drink that. But there are places in this world who don't have clean water. The water that they have is also used for um, washing, and and, um, it's what they feed their... where their animals drink from, and so there's lots of disease, and, and maybe when they look at it, it might look dirty and, and gross, and you wouldn't want to drink that, but you are lucky because you have clean water to drink. What about, how did you get here this morning? Did you have to walk? No, no, you probably got in the car and rode with your parents or grandparents to, to come to church this morning, didn't you? But there are some people, and this is another blessing, let's pass, pass out some more quarters here, have to walk wherever they go. And so that means maybe they're walking to school. So maybe they're walking to school several miles to get to school. Maybe they don't have, maybe they have to go to the the water place where they go in their community to get water and they have to walk several miles and then they have to carry that water back, right? So that's, so we are blessed because we have clean water to drink. Does everybody have several quarters? Jaden has Looks like three quarters, 75 cents. What can we buy with 75 cents? A house? Don't we wish? A toy house, maybe, yeah. There's not a lot that we can buy for 75 cents. I'm not even sure that we can go to McDonald's and buy a bag of French fries for 75 cents. Well, you have probably a dollar fifty there. But if we combine all of our money here, all of our quarters, how much do you think we have? We have probably about $15 worth here. And $15 would buy food for a family for a week probably in places where they have very little food to eat. And then think about this. What if everybody that's here this morning, what if when they bring their boxes in or write their checks to go to Week of Compassion, think about how much money that might be. And we could feed several families for a week. And then think about all of the churches throughout the United States that are contributing money to Week of Compassion also. And we put all of that money together and just think how many people we can help just because we've all dropped a few quarters into our box. And it doesn't seem like much to us when we're just putting that little bit in our boxes, but when we put it all together, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? Will you pray with me?
Dear Lord, we thank you for the blessings that you have given us for food and shelter and clean water. And and we think of the many people who don't have those things. And so we ask that the money that we collect is blessed by you and that it does so much good that people who are in need will be able to be helped by by the, the blessings that you have given us that we can share. And so, Lord, we ask that as we go about our day-to-day, we'll be thinking of those ways that we can help others. And, um, and as we come together next week, we'll bless that money that is given to you to go back to your people. In your son's precious name, amen. Oh, gracious and loving God, we give you our thanks and praise for this new and beautiful day. On this day that is so cold and the wind blows so hard that it cuts so close, we are grateful for a warm place to worship, a safe place to come out of the wind and the cold and the gray. For it is here in this place of worship we experience the warmth of your love. We know firsthand how very good you are and how you are with us through all that life blows in our face. As we gather here for worship today, we are thankful that you can handle all the questions that we throw back at you, all those things that we are worried about and stressed over. For we know that it is not good to keep those things inside of us. Instead, you invite us to give them to you. You can handle our questions and our doubts. You can handle our concerns in those times when we are apathetic and step away. Because you are the God of every day. Not just the bright and sunny and warm ones, but you come to us in the cold and the gray, and you meet us where we are, and you remind us of your love. We are thankful, O God, for our Lord Jesus Christ, who told us that when our time upon this earth came to an end, we would find a home in your everlasting arms of love. We have heard the good news that Jesus himself went to prepare a place for us, and that he would come again and take us to himself. We are thankful, O God, for this assurance, and we are confident that it is true. And so we ask your blessing and love upon all those who need you today. Bless all those who are ill and facing uncertain futures. Be with those facing surgeries and illnesses. Remind us all that when our time comes, You have a place set aside just for us in the great beyond. And so we ask, O loving God, that you might gather up these, our prayers, and our personal and individual petitions, because we offer them to you in the name and spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel according to Luke in chapter 6, verses 27 to 38. We invite the Spirit of Christ to be upon us as we hear God's word read in the midst of worship this morning. Jesus said, but I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, 
What credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great and you'll be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure that you give back. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for it. It has been exactly 61 days since Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all 61 days later. By this time, I am assuming that you've taken down your Christmas decorations. If you haven't, it's time to take down your Christmas decorations. You probably put your tree, if it goes back into a box, it's gone back into the box and tape all around it and you've stuffed it in there into your basement or attic or whatever. If you had a real one, you've kicked it to the curb and it's gone to wherever old Christmas trees live eternally or, or wherever they go to die. And I'm guessing by this time you've stopped listening to the 24-7 Christmas radio station. Maybe you haven't, but it's time to stop that too. And you've put away all the decorations and all the trinkets and the wrapping paper and the boxes have all been pushed to a corner in a closet. They are standing there at attention, ready for next winter. By this time, I'm, I'm assuming that Santa and the elves are just waking up from their post-Christmas winter nap. For Christmas seems like it was light years ago, like, like a whole different time in our lives, because now we have long since moved on with the rest of our life. But do you remember back at Christmas? Some of us were hoping and praying for a white Christmas. Some of us, at least in my family, were utterly disappointed that we did not get any snow on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Back then, 61 days ago, we were dreaming about a nice blanket of white snow on the ground, dreaming of going sledding and like building snowmen. And so if you were dreaming about snow to come 61 days ago, it's okay if you stop dreaming and praying and hoping about that. I mean, we love winter in Iowa, but, but some of us are ready to move on to the next season. But that's what we were about 61 days ago at Christmas. And so if you were here on Christmas Eve, then you heard the story from the same writer of today's gospel. On Christmas Eve, we heard the story from Luke chapter 2 about how the Messiah came to be. Luke said it happened in this way. There were shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night when suddenly this angel of the Lord came around them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And when this happened, the angels were terrified because here is an angel in their midst. They were shaking in their boots. But the angel of the Lord said, don't be so afraid. I bring you good news 
of great joy today because today the angel said there is the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ is born. You should go and you should find him. And so maybe you remember that when they went to find him, they found him in a manger. There with the sheep and the donkey and like the geese and the goats. And, and, and they found him there lying in a manger. And he was there because there was no room for them or Mary and Joseph in the inn. The Motel 6 was all filled up. The light had been turned off. There were no more spaces to be found in the hearts of those around him. And so Jesus was born in a barn in the back 40. It's been a while. 61 days to be exact, since we heard that story from Luke on Christmas Eve. But it's a great story. Not just with the shepherds and the wise men to come and Mary and Joseph, but, but it's a wonderful story of being in church at Christmas that it gives us like this warm and like this amazing, like, like fuzzy feeling. In fact, here we even sang Silent Night and raised them up on high because Jesus the Savior was born. And so whenever they turned off the lights in the sanctuary, all you saw was the light shining in a dark sanctuary. And it was amazing because it gave us hope that the light of Christ can overcome any shadow, any trouble that we have. The light of Christ comes to show us the way Jesus is born into our life to love us and tell us what God is like. We celebrated that back at Christmas. And it left us with this warm and this amazing feeling of like there's a joy that we have that, that nothing can take away. But it's still winter in Iowa. And now it's cold. And some of us were singing, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And now we're singing, let it stop, let it stop, let it stop, because it never seems to end. And so having celebrated the birth of Christ in our lives some time ago, now Luke is again telling us what it means to live not just the Christian life, but what it means to live the Christmas kind of life. Because here, this, this baby that was born in a manger is now all grown up. And he's been out teaching and preaching and showing people the way. And now he's even telling people what it's worth and what it really means to be a follower of him. And with this gospel reading, all the joy, and it seems, and like the ease of the manger, were like no crying did he make. All that has been left behind because the message that Jesus gives us today is hard. It's difficult to hear. It's even harder to put in practice. In fact, some of us were noting whenever we talked about this in Bible study on Wednesday, how difficult this passage actually is. And so as I was actually doing a bunch of research about this passage, I was reading what, what like one old pastor said, and he said, reading this passage in church is like, is, is like as exciting as like eating spinach or something. Because like if Christmas Eve is like dessert and like brownies and cake, then like this passage is like a whole plate of Brussels sprouts. It is not that exciting to eat and to read from. Because you heard the passage. Jesus said, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for the people 
who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer, offer up the other one. If someone takes your coat, give him your shirt. Give to everyone who begs of you. If anyone takes your goods, don't ask for them again. Do to others as you want them to do to you. He says, if you love those who just love you back, what credit is that? But love your enemies. Do good and lend and expect nothing in return. For your reward is great. The children of the Most High is what you'll be called because God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked because God is merciful and so you should be merciful. Don't judge, don't condemn, but forgive and you're forgiven. This passage starts out hard and gets even harder. Love people who don't love you and actually really mean it. Do good and expect nothing back. Not judging, not condemning, because you do to others because that's how you want to be treated in return. This is tough sledding in the winter in Iowa. In fact, this passage did not show up in our big question sermon series that we had back in January, but could have easily shown up because it is hard. And the thing about it is that if you step back to, to, to look at what Luke is saying, is that we realize this is part of a huge, long, massive sermon that Jesus gives. If it were around today, it'd be like a five or six or like eight hour sermon. Can I get an amen for like an eight hour sermon straight through? This is what it's like from Jesus. In fact, whenever this story shows up in Matthew's gospel, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus goes up on top of this mountain and he speaks down to the people. Almost like Moses going to get the Ten Commandments up on the mountain with God in the Old Testament. But here, when the story shows up in Luke, it's called the Sermon on the Level Plain. Jesus steps down to be with the people where everybody is on equal footing. Everybody is the same in the eyes of God. It's almost like with Jesus here, all the escalators from heaven are going down. And that's what we celebrated being born way back at Christmas. And now Jesus says, this is what it takes to live the Christian life. To see people as being on equal footing with you. That everybody that you interact with is also a child of God. He's teaching us that we cannot not love our enemies. That we cannot not do good to people who don't like us. And bless the people who curse us. And pray for those who abuse us. We have to be merciful, Jesus says, because God gives us mercy. These are simple, tiny, little instructions, but they are as hard as can be. In fact, it's like this. One of my favorite old-time baseball movies is the movie A League of Their Own. Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, even Madonna is in this old-time movie about the Women's Professional Baseball League. It came out in 1992, which in my mind is like yesterday. But it's a long time ago, 1992. And so this movie's been around for a while, and it's a great flick even if you don't like baseball. It's still good. And so there's this scene near the end of the movie when one of the best players on the team has decided 
that she's going to quit and she's going to go home. Her husband was away at the war. He's now come back. And so she is tired of long bus rides and hotels and like bumpy beds and like being sore and tired all day long. She tells the, tells the coach that she's just tired of it all and it's gotten too hard and she's going to quit. And so she wants to leave. But then Tom Hanks, who plays this old and like grumpy, like washed up baseball player of a coach, comes up to her and he tells her that this game of baseball is supposed to be hard. And what makes it hard, he says, makes it great. If it was easy, he said, everybody could do it. Everybody could do it without even thinking about it. And it's almost like this is what Jesus is saying today. There are times when we get caught up in pride and judgment. We are brought down in life by bitterness and strife and struggle. We are weighed down and we are quick to find faults of everybody else in our life. And on those days when we feel like quitting the Christian life, join the club. Because Jesus is the one who came to show us the way and invite us to change our living. And it takes a whole lifetime of being a Christian to get it right. And some days we're like the MVP of the team and some days we're on the bench down by the water fountain, never seeing the field. Some days, we mess it all up. But the Christian life that Jesus calls us to is full of God's love. For God has come to know us and to love us and take on the troubles that we have upon himself. And so on those days, when the shadows of life creep in, there is a light from Christ that we first experience here on Christmas Eve that was shining in the sky, that same light is still shining at the table today because Christ comes to fill us with everything that we need, that all the escalators from heaven are on down because his love is born in our lives again. And that is the life that we're called to put into practice every single day, no matter how hard it is. Let us pray. O oh, loving God, we pray your peace and your blessing upon us because we know that the light of your Son, Jesus, has been shining in our life for some time. There are days when it burns brightly and everyone can see it around us. It is shining on top of a hill. But there are days, oh God, when we want to snuff the light out. We want to keep it to ourselves and the oil seems to draw to a close. Help us, oh God, rekindle your love inside of us so that we might be a light shining to the nations, that we might show of your love in all that we do on the easy and wonderful ones especially on the ones that are difficult and hard. Because we know that your love never for, for, forgives us, that your love is always there, never failing, that your forgiveness and peace remains. So bless us and fill us, O God, in the name of Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. 
Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message of hope from First Christian Church Disciples of Christ here in Burlington, Iowa. We are located at 1221 Park Avenue on the south side of town in between the airport and Dankwart Park. If you're looking for a church home or looking to find a relationship with Jesus Christ for the first time, we hope that you will join us for worship this Sunday morning. We have two services every week. Our traditional service is at 8.45 a.m. and features old-time favorite hymns and a wonderful anthem by our chancel choir. Our contemporary service is at 10.45 and features our amazing band and music that you hear from today's Christian radio. Both services offer a hope-filled and challenging message for today, activities for youth and children of all ages, and open communion for all who believe in Christ. There is no better way than to begin your week with worship, so I hope you will join us. You can find out more information by going to our website at www.burlingtondoc.org, and you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Burlington DOC. We hope you have a great week and share the love of God with someone today.